there. 89 We'd like to hear from you, but we're going to start chatting first to Peter Nkuna, Senior Assistant Ombudsman at the Ombuds for Small uh, for Short-Term Insurance. Peter, good evening, mate, and thank you for joining us. Uh, good evening, Rams, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you for joining us. I am alarmed by the fact that so many of us do this. I can almost imagine the obvious reason, of course, is that I want cheaper premiums. But I did not realize it is this big. Peter? Hello. Yes, sir. I, I'm saying I did not realize that the number of uh, what I would <laughs> clearly call fraudulent uh, information uh, and, and therefore claims on the back of that that, that the number is that big. It, it is significant, yes. In the main, and I think I've preempted it, but in the main, why does this happen? Well, I, I think it's simply, as you said, to save a, a few bucks here and there, mm-hmm. more than anything else. And in certain instances, it might be because uh, somebody might have already um, misrepresented something or acted fraudulently before. Yes. And now, now they have become aware that if they were to convey that to the next uh, insurer, they will probably be declined. And therefore, they hope that by not telling the new insurer uh, that misinformation or misrepresentation or fraudulent activity might never get known by that new insurer and therefore their future claims will be paid out. Unfortunately for them, um, lately we've got very good investigations that are done by insurance companies. Mm. So pretty Mm. much all the time you will not succeed with that kind of behavior. But the latter problem, Peter, is a double-edged sword. So I have been rejected or I, I, uh, I was dumped by the previous insurer. I come to you as another insurer. If I declare that and you decline me, I may end up uninsured. What do I do then? Because I, I then think maybe by fibbing a little bit, I, I will manage to get myself cover because I want cover for my car. I want cover for my home. I want cover for this and that. The, the problem with that kind of an approach is that you you might sit feeling comfortably that you are covered and then the next thing, oops, you are not. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the more prudent thing would be to be upfront. Um, you might pay a little bit more, but at least then you know. These guys have now accepted me as I am. And at the same time, what you're then doing is you're creating a new profile, uh, what may sometimes be referred to as a rehabilitated uh, uh, insured person. Mm. And therefore, with time, with a clean record, you might reestablish yourself and then be more acceptable to other insurance companies. Whereas if you continue with that lie, it's going to catch out and you will regret it for the rest of your life because every time that they catch you out, people then think, no, but this has happened previously and before then and even before then. Therefore, you are a habitual uh, 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 fraudulent person or fraudster and therefore... Um, I think you're just worsening your, your your profile in that regard. But, but Peter, uh, isn't it a, a, a cynical view? Isn't it that insurance companies also go very much out of the way to find a reason not to settle my claim? 
that they will even find the smallest mishap on my part. Like, example, I would have said that I had a music system worth 40,000 rand in my car uh, when maybe it was just uh, 35,000 rand. Certainly, that, that, that does happen quite often. And, and I think part of the reason uh, for that happening is because um, with the bad experiences that people have had, um, every time they come with suspicions, and a lot of times you find that um, some of the investigators are people that have worked as police officers and things like that. So um, they would tend to, to be suspicious as soon as they see certain things. And, and a, a lot of times people might lie about insignificant things, which would not make a difference in any event. But because of that, your demeanor, might, your, your behavior might show to that investigator that this person is not being upfront. Mm. And because of that, they start digging deeper. And as they dig, they find more and more inconsistencies. And as you panic, you also then fumble a lot more mm. until mm. at some point they just say, look, uh, we can't rely on everything that you're telling us because you are clearly telling us lies and therefore your claim is going to be declined. Whereas um, you might find that your claim would have been valid even if um, you had stated the truth. I'll give you an example. Some years ago, one of my younger brothers um, left his uh, car keys in the ignition. Mm. Went, into the, went into the house um, to look for stuff. He was going on a trip and then for some reason or other, sat down or lay, lay down on the bed and fell asleep. When he woke up, the car was gone. Mm. And, and then he called me and he said, look, uh, this is what happened. What do we do? And I said, just tell them the truth. He said, no, but they are not going to pay my thing. But I have a problem and with that, Peter. I have a problem with that. Fundamental problem with that. It has to be human error. And, and I think that we should be covered for making honest Mistakes. I don't believe anybody and, of and us leaves their car keys in the car just for fun to, to have a nap. You're right. And that is the, the exact piece of advice that I gave to him. I said, just tell them the truth. This is what happened. We understand that this can happen to anybody. So much insurance. So when you tell them this is what happened, um, your story will be consistent. There won't be any loopholes anywhere. You won't have to remember what you lied about and try to cover your tracks. So stick to the truth. And you know what? He did go and tell the truth and had to call me back and say, hey, you know, I did not believe when you said that this is going mm. to happen, but I did what you did and my claim has been paid. And that's what we generally advise people. Um, the truth will generally be the best option for you because when you start trying to lie, even if it's about insignificant things, you're likely to be caught out. For example, one of the main reasons we, we come across is where somebody has got an, a, a girlfriend. Mm. Somebody's married and they've got a, a girlfriend outside and they were with that person and um, either they target stolen or it involved in an accident. And in order to keep Peter, line, Peter, 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 please move to the left or something. Your, your line is, is breaking and you are about to say something very interesting here. No, man. I, uh, I hope I hope we have not lost you, Peter. Damn it. I think we've lost him. I think we've lost him. But we'll get him back. 089 Have you ever lied upon taking uh, 
uh, making a, a, an insurance sale when, when when they're selling you insurance. As you buy your car, have you ever told them that you live in the suburb opposite the township you live in so that the premium could be less? Have you lied about your home contents when they're slightly cheaper than what they're supposed to be? Have you ever made a claim that was repudiated by an insurance company because you did not tell the truth? This is a chance to speak to Peter Nkuna from the uh, Short-Term Insurance Ombudsman uh, to see how we can help you. But I can tell you that most of the advice you're going to get is you must just tell the truth. Peter, you're sharing a very important story about girlfriends and truth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you you are with this person and because that is something that society frowns upon, you don't want to disclose that I was, I was with this person. Mm. So when, when speaking to the investigator and they ask you, where were you, with whom were you? Yeah. You then start cooking up some stories there. And again, your behavior will probably tell this experienced person that this person is not telling us the truth. And they'll keep on asking you questions and somewhere your story is going to fall apart. And because of that, um, the insurance company could then end up saying, look, you have been telling us all these lies. So, And because every time they catch you out, you try to make yeah. good on that earlier lie. Um, you could be messing it even further. And ultimately, they say, look, we can't rely on any of your stories. You are not going to pay your claim. But as if you had just, because they don't care about your wife and your girlfriend. You might just say, look, I was with this person. Just let's please keep it between us if could, that's could how I, you operate. Yeah, but I can repeat that sometimes as they interview me, the wife is next to me because who blind, you know, you know, I just called it, the car is gone or things have happened. And this investigator or this assessor in front of my wife says, so who are you with? Could I say to them, uh, I reserve my right to answer that question some other time? <laughs> well, I, I don't know how one would get around that one. Uh, but but I, I think it, it might probably be something to, to get them on even before you get to that investigation. Yeah. Um, maybe you speak to your wife even before then and say, look, uh, my love, this is what I was doing and <laughs> that's why we are where we are. At least let's get our car paid up. And, and then we'll deal with our problems later. And then, yes, because now <laughs> you can imagine you've got a problem with, with your wife that's very unhappy because um the car that you both dearly loved and paid lots of money for has been stolen or, or, or damaged and the insurance company is not paid. That's a serious offense. Second offense is that now she's discovering that you are with this other person. Um, you are in a lot of trouble. So at least if the one side is sorted, I think the other one you can sort out between the two of you over time. I, I don't. I don't. Have... I don't want to to t- to, t- to turn this into a relationship advice show. <laughs> but but you know, Peter, you you make it look like the other one is lesser punishment, and one is easier. But let's let's move on. I I hear you. The the moral of the story is that we should tell the truth. Uh, when, when we are being that's the best practice and and I, by the yes. way I, I can give you my own story I can attest to that that I got broken into and I told them that the, the alarm was off and I told them mm. why it was off so I did not lie that no it was faulty and things went on I told them why it was off and why there was that mishap and there was, the, the, the claim was, was settled so let's hear our callers let's hear our callers 089 any short term insurance issue that you may have Please raise it with us. Here's a disclaimer. We don't offer to solve all your problems on air. However, 
Peter will listen to you. If there's any follow-up he can make on your behalf, we will do so and later redirect you to the ombuds uh, for contacts, for future uh, contact with them. But for now, we are happy to hear from you any issue on your mind around short-term insurance. In Polokwane, our famous caller, Anonymous, good evening. Good evening. Yes. Good evening, uh, Ram. Yes, yes, Anonymous. And uh, good, good evening to your, to your guest, uh, Peter. Mm. Uh, good evening, sir. Yeah. Uh, Ram, uh, I've just had a, a, a situation, a case here. Uh, I'm currently with with the outsourcing. Mm. So my my uh, claim was uh, recently rejected. I had an accident uh, uh, last week, Saturday. Yeah. Not this past Saturday, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I think Saturday of the, the 26th. Yeah. Of, of, uh, Give us the details uh, of the accident. The date is not so critical for now. Yes. Um, look, what happened is uh, uh, you, you, you want to find out about... Uh, how the accident occurred. Mm. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I was actually following somebody who was in front of me, and out of the blue, he decided to make a U-turn. Mm. And I hit him on, on uh, the rear wheel and the side uh, fender. Mm. I reported the claim uh, uh, with the outsurance. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, I, I didn't hear from them on, on uh, Monday. Okay, what they've done, they just uh, arranged towing truck, they towed the car, and then uh, I didn't let, let, Let's get to the repudiation of the claim, please, Anonymous. We don't have much time. Then wh- okay. what do they say to you? Why are they not paying you? They, they're not paying uh, uh, because... Uh, 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 you know the famous question that, that, that they normally ask uh, uh, that in the past three years, uh, upon upon uh, 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 signing a contract, mm. they ask you in the past three years, uh, have you ever had a, a claim? A claim, yeah. Or have you have you ever had an accident? Mm. And I said, as far as I can remember, uh, my last accident was late 2014, or Early 2015, meaning January or February. Mm. That's what I said. That's what I could uh, think at that point in time. So, only so to find that, that only to find that that you made a mistake. Okay. Yes, only to find that uh, 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 the accident actually occurred 2015, late 2015. Mm. But let me tell you where the problem lies. Uh, 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 they, I spoke to them on on Tuesday, on Tuesday, and I think that the problem was that uh, they they asked me the same question as to when did the accident happen, and I said, I think it happened after September 2015. Reason being. Uh, uh, I, 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 my wife after the accident uh, told me that it's hardly three years that you've had the same accident. Uh, actually, uh, uh, coincidentally, I was driving. Uh, yeah, don't, 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 don't tell us the, the, about the other accident. I really am running out of time, mate. Yes, we, we need yes, to get to yes. the point. Yes, so uh, uh, the point is uh, my wife reminded me uh, uh, that the, the, the accident happened late 
2015. Mm. So when they called me, I told them that it was after September 2015. I'm not even sure even now when it it happened, but the bottom line is uh, 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 when they phoned me, I told them that it was late 2015. Mm. And then uh, 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 the concern from uh, uh, the lady who phoned me was that, your story, your story is not consistent. Now, now you know that yeah. it happened late 2015. Mm, mm. Whereas uh, back then, when we were signing the the, 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 the the contract, you said late 2014. So where are we now? 2015. So now, uh, as it stands now, uh, they've rejected the claim and they've sent me a letter. Okay. To say they've, they've rejected the case. Anonymous, I'm going to ask you to listen on the radio. We're going to get Peter to respond, but let's hear from Mpo in the Val. Good evening, Mpo. I have one minute for you, please. Mpo. Hello, yes, sir. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Rams, uh, I actually had, have two situations I'd like to bring to your guys' attention. Mm. The initial one, that the, the first actually, is um, when, I had, when I had an incident in 2011. So what actually happened in that situation is that um, after my incident, um, when, I, when I lodged the claim with the insurance, okay, my claim was successful. However, um, the access amount which I had to pay went up in a way that I could not even understand. And the reason behind it was the insurance told me that because the incident was not as a result of me having a direct collision with, a, with another party, but it was because of uh, it actually happened in the residential area where I drove into somebody's property, you know, and then that's just one situation. Mm-hmm. But then the way the, the access went so high, I could not do, even... Do you, re- do you remember how high, high, when you say so high? What, yeah, was your, like, what was your initial access and what did you pay eventually? The initial one was six thousand five hundred, mm-hmm. but then I ended up paying excess of fourteen thousand rand. Okay, good. As a result of that incident, the second incident. I need to understand how the conclusion of taking it from six point five to fourteen thousand rand. Okay, second and issue. The second, yes, the second issue is um, I recently had a an incident whereby uh, my car was stolen, uh, but then immediately recovered by insurance because obviously. You know, most of the time when the situation happens whereby your car is stolen, people always try to get rid of the checker and all of that. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, they couldn't locate where my checker was, and then my car was recovered. But obviously, because of the damage that occurred inside the vehicle, the insurance obviously had to now sort out the claim and making sure that my car is back to its normal condition. Mm. But immediately after that, what the insurance did then was to then increase my premium from what it initially was. So what I do not understand in terms of their short-term insurance act is at what point do insurance companies actually come to a conclusion to say, okay, now we're going to increase the premium. Yeah. I, I would understand if it was due to uh, my direct involvement in an incident, but if it's because of a car getting stolen, that is something that is beyond our it, control. It, it feels like at a double punishment, Agarimpo. It feels like they're punishing you twice. Firstly, you get your car stolen, then the, the premium is increased. I feel you. I know what you're talking about. Thank you for the call. Unfortunately, we don't have much time. Peter, let's uh, let's deal with anonymous issue first that he gave, well, clearly not from him intentionally, but uh, false information about a previous accident, and now it's been repudiated. 
does he have any leg to stand on? Look, um, Anonymous's case is a bit uh, difficult because we we only have his word yeah. uh, as far as reliability is concerned. And unfortunately, we are dealing with law and issues of proof and all of that. Yeah. So um, he can make that submission and it can be assessed. And based on whatever evidence we can find, um, he may be able to convince people that um, he had forgotten or gotten the dates mm. Um, mm. mixed up or whatever the case may be. And this is one instance where it is clearly demonstrated that those details are important. The yes. one thing I liked about his, his version is that he says, I said, I think. Yes. And and we, we do pay attention to things like that. So if it is indeed true that he, he specifically said, I think, or if I'm not mistaken, we, we would consider things like that and then say the insurer should have then taken it upon themselves to verify that information mm. because it was clear that the, the insured was not absolutely sure. And and therefore, since um, there are ways of of establishing the truth about that, they should have then um, obtained the the previous insurance company's details and gone to them to verify the insurance history. Or alternatively, even instructed anonymously, look, um, go and find out and, and come, come back. Us. Yes, yes, yes. But but then but then uh, how how, how are we going like to establish, uh, Peter? Sorry to interrupt you. How are we going to establish whether he said he thought because. In my experience, I have never sat with an assessor who recorded our conversation, uh, at least in a, um, on, on a tape recorder. Yeah, a, a lot of insurance companies these days do conduct their business over the telephone. Okay. And even when investigations are done, um, they don't always tell you that they are recording, but a lot of instances they are recorded. Mm. Some, of them, some of them will actually even tell you, look... Um, as we are discussing this, and as you know, we always record our discussions. This is on record as well, but but they don't always do that. Yeah, that's why I replied. So, 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 we are recorded. That's that's that when you start making mistakes. That we would use. Yeah. Okay. Now, Paul's got two issues, and I wanted to to deal with them quickly. Is it normal for access to change uh, when the the insurance the insurer thinks that you were the one at fault? And two, uh, is it also normal for premiums to go up? post uh, an accident okay let, let's start with the premium one first because it's it's a little bit simpler yeah um gen- generally if we understand that your your underwriting process is based on an assessment of your risk profile yeah um and based on that they will say conclude that because you've not had claims in the previous three years or mm. five or ten uh, it is therefore not likely that you will have a claim again for the next whatever period. So now evidence has shown that that is no longer the case and that is why they would then um, adjust their assessments because it is clear that... And remember, um, your, your, your premiums are based on the likelihood of an accident or whatever loss that is on risk happening or not happening mm. and also the severity thereof. So those things will then change the picture and that is where your premiums may go. There are some insurers, however, that will tell you that they guarantee premiums for at least a 12-month period. And those will probably be the the better insurers to go for because you know, even if you have had a loss, um, at least for the next 12 months, 
um, you will still be paying the exact same premium that you quoted for when you started with them. Um, so okay. it would be safer for your cash management um, in, in that instance. And then going back to that one of excess. Yeah. Um, again, you have insurance companies where you'll have a flat excess, and let's say it's agreed that your excess will be 3,000 irrespective of what type of claim, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And you know if you claim, you pay 3,000. Yes. Simple and straightforward. And then there are those where the structure is fairly complex. They'll tell you, look, there is a basic excess, and maybe that will also be the same 3,000. And then they tell you there will be additional cumulative excesses. And any number of them can apply. In certain instances, they'll tell you if multiple excesses apply, we will use maximum four, three, mm. five, whatever number. So basically, and a lot of those will be, I'll give you a few examples. You'll find that there's an excess if your the age of the driver is under 25, for mm. example. There'll be maybe an additional excess if... Um, your driving history or the age of your license is less than, let's say, a year. Yes. Um, there may be an additional one if you have an accident six months within starting with the new insurance company. Mm. There could be an okay. additional excess if, okay. if you are if you are driving late at night between, let's say, uh, ten and five in the morning, mm. because they know usually people that drive around those times. The, the propensity of accidents to happen and perhaps alcohol and all mm, of those things mm. might fit in. So that's their way of managing risks. And those add up and add up. And that's why suddenly you have 50,000 rand as your excess from the original 3,000. So when people select um, their excesses, they must pay attention to those because a lot of times that's where you get nailed. You could end up with a claim where... Um, it's a total loss. Your car is valued as 100,000 rand. But because of all these additional excesses, the insurance company only has to pay out 50,000 to carry the other hey, 50,000 nah. rand. Hey, and that is not so nice. And it could have been different if you were willing to pay 200 rand more on your insurance Extra, uh, yes. premium. Exactly. Eish. But because you wanted to save, you didn't pay attention to those other issues. And when the time comes, when you really need... And I think one of the main points to take as far as excesses are concerned is that um, when you consider where to pitch your excess, always think, should I be in an accident or where my car is stolen and I had to pay that excess, will I readily have it available? And if you can't, then that is too much of an excess for you. So if you are not likely to have 10,000 rand lying somewhere in your accounts, don't put your excess at that level. Rather reduce it, and it's fine if you pay an extra 100 rand or 200 rand per month. But then you know if a claim were to happen, um, I would be able to raise what I need to pay for an excess. The other thing... Peter, I, I, unfortunately, I have run out of time. I'm just going right. to ask you to give us a... A contact detail if people wanted to contact the um, the office of the ombudsman. All right, our telephone number is zero one one seven two six eight nine double zero. Repeat zero double one seven two six eight nine double zero. We also have a share call number which is zero eight six zero seven two six eight nine zero zero eight six zero seven two six. 890.
and um, you can also contact us on our um, info at osti.co.za that is our email info at osti.co.za and um, visiting our um, website osti.co.za you should be able to get um, those contact details and then you can approach us for whatever uh, assistance you may require regarding any dispute you have with your short-term insurance company very comprehensive peter thank you so much we shall be speaking to you again sometime in the next month or two Thank you for Thank tonight. Thank you for having us. Have a great yeah. evening, Pidankuna. And guys, if you have more issues, please contact them. Their details are on Facebook. Metro FM Talk with Rams. On Facebook, go there if you miss them here. We repeat them right there as we repeat everything else normally. When we come back, we speak to JC. You know almost who JC is. On Fame and Fortune.